When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Neef, and you're listening to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, where I share tips and scientifically tested strategies to help you clean up your mind and life, and where I interview experts on different ways we can heal and improve our mental and physical health. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about the difference between resting to restore versus just resting. These are worlds apart, and quite frankly, knowing the difference is life-altering. I'm also going to give you a neurocycle on how to restore and not just rest, how to really get restoration out of your rest. But before we begin, I just want to remind you that you can now pick up and pre-order my new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. I'm so excited about this book. Wherever you buy books, you can pre-order this. And when you pre-order, you'll get access to some amazing bonus content and products like exclusive chapters with applications for children, a free downloadable workbook, discounts on mood-boosting products from my favorite supplement company, BioOptimizers, and more. These bonuses are only available if you pre-order now and register your pre-order at cleaningupyourmentalmess.com. This book details how to use my scientifically tested five-step process to reduce anxiety, depression, and toxic thinking by up to 81%. It's simple, it's practical, it's scientific, and it's my best book yet. So hurry over to cleaningupyourmentalmess.com to pre-order your copy today. And now, on to today's episode. How many of you have binged watch Netflix because you desperately needed a rest? Okay, I'm putting up my hand because I've done it. But then afterwards, you don't you, you don't feel rested. You actually kind of come out of that binge and you you feel unrested, like almost you don't feel restored. You may be rested, but you don't feel restored. You still find yourself thinking that you're feeling like you're exhausted. I mean, how many times have you maybe been on a weekend break or a holiday and you came back feeling rested? but still exhausted, still not restored, even though you spend hours maybe lying on the beach and going for long, beautiful walks and beautiful scenery. Well, I have been guilty of that, all of these, way too often. And I also see that this is definitely a common problem with most people. I mean, just look at social media. There's so much advice on social media, including from me, on how to take rest and mental self-care as part of your routine to make sure that you don't burn out. And I totally believe all of that advice is great. And I'm doing it. I'm doing what I'm telling you to do and what other people are telling you to do. And I'm building that in. I mean, I've got a great routine. I've got this great routine of I go do, I do, I do fasted workouts. I do yoga. I use my neurocycle all the time to manage relationship issues, to manage stress, to manage traumas, to manage. I'm using this stuff it's, and it's making a massive difference. I'm finding myself managing so well. But I felt something was missing because I've been feeling I was, and I say was, not is, was, I was starting to still feel really exhausted and still thinking, I kept saying to my husband and to my kids, and you know, I've, I've had this great rest, but I still feel so exhausted. And I felt like, you know, that, that there's that one emoji that where the little batteries, like the person's walking like this and the battery's just like on red. And I was feeling like that so quickly. And really one of the things that I have always prized 
or being so pleased with you know how I function is that I'm like an energizer bunny. I just kind of can keep going and going, and then I have really great sleep, and I've got a lot, and that was starting to change. So I thought, okay, something's going on. I'm going to have to dig a little deeper. I need to see what's happening because I am resting. I have built rest into my routine. I'm doing the eating real food mindfully. I'm doing the fasted workouts. I'm, I've got a fantastic relationship with my husband and my kids. I've got lots of things, traumas going on in my life, but they, they're getting managed. I've got a system in place for doing those and I'm getting better and better at that all the time. I don't have it all off pat yet, but I'm doing the right thing. So I decided, okay, well, let me now look for if that is all working and I'm still, it's working, but I'm still feeling this mental exhaustion. I'm still feeling like my rest is not restoring me sufficiently. So I needed to get to the root of why is my rest not restorative? Okay, so I decided to use this neurocycle to find out what was the deeper root, what was the underlying reason why my rest wasn't, it was restoring, it was it was resting me, but it wasn't restoring me back to what I wanted to feel. So I did the five-step neurocycle, so quick, big overview, there's five steps. The first step is you gather awareness, and I gathered awareness of my emotional and physical warning signals, my behaviors, and my perspective. Then the second step is to reflect, which is asking, answering, discussing, why do I have those warning signals and those behaviors and that perspective? And this is related to rest, not being restorative. I wrote that down. Step three, in a metacog, which is also explained in this book, which is a brilliant way of really getting the two sides of the brain to work together and getting to the root of issues very effectively and fast. I did step four is to recheck, which is to then read what I've written. And then I went to step five, which is then to create an act of reach, which anchored me into an action, which kept me in a place of mental peace so I could move forward for the day. Now, I did those five steps every single day, took me around about seven minutes, maybe 10 minutes some of the days, maybe even less some of the days. Sometimes I did it in five minutes, but I've been faithfully doing it since the 1st of January. So today is day 34. I'm just double checking out. Today is day 34. Okay. And... I still have 28 days of practice left to establish this thought as a habit. So what I mean by that? Okay, if I look down, guys, I'm just keeping on track because there's so much I can say. And I want to make sure I hit all these points. Okay, so today's day 34 of 63. Why 63? Well, for those of you that haven't heard me teach this before, it does not take 21 days to build a habit. It takes 63. I explain in depth in this book. I give you the science behind it. I explain how to build that in. But neurocycles, to really get to the root of an issue, and to then find that, create the behavior change that you need, and then to apply that in your life so that you actually manifest that behavior change. In other words, you do what you're saying. And in this case, I want to be able to restore when I rest. This is my goal of this neurocycle. Then you're going to have to do it over 63 days. It takes 21 days to break, to find what's going on and reconceptualize and build a new thought. And then it takes another 42 days of consciously practicing using that new thought to turn it into a habit. So I want to be able to rest, to restore, that I feel like I can go on. So I did the five steps every day over 63 days in order to identify the root cause of why I was restoring, resting, but not restoring, and what was causing that. So I did those five steps and I basically, even though I, as I was doing the five steps, it was very obvious very quickly. Like the first day when I did it, for example, and the second day and the third day and the fourth day, as I looked at my warning signals, it was easy. It was, okay, I'm tired. 
I am feeling a bit frustrated. I'm feeling so that my body's feeling exhausted. I'm feeling a bit of tension in my heart. Why am I doing that? Well, I've got a million things to do. I need 28 days. Not 20, I need 28 hours, not 24. I need, you know, I need to be able to work 24 seven. You know, all these typical things that we've just got a lot to do. And, and I do have, and I love what I do, but these are, so that those were obvious. We've all got our version of that in our life. Okay. So I don't want to beat the obvious to death. I want to say that I really recognize that, but just by actually acknowledging that, that these are the warning signals, emotional and physical. These are my behavior patterns. What were my behavior patterns? I could, I was getting irritable, snappy, like getting tired quickly and just not having the same energy level for fun that I used to have. And, you know, like my kids were noticing and like, you know, we would go for walks in the evening and take the dogs for walks and, and have these long chats. And I was kind of getting tired, you know, didn't want to do them some of the days. So. I was seeing, it, take, it took about four or five days to see that. And then after that, I started going a little deeper and saying, this is really starting to actually affect how I'm managing the quality of my creative work. So then sort of between day seven and 14, I started seeing that not being able to restore the, it was actually affecting my creativity, the my ability to really, I could take a science article and I still can, but for a season I, I was battling, but take a science article and pull it apart and find the meaning behind it very quickly. And I remember saying to my husband, Mac, a couple of times, I'm not doing that, able to do that as quickly. It's taking me longer. I'm battling to get to it. That started coming out between day seven and 14. So I started seeing between day seven and 14, the real impact of not restoring. And then I thought, okay, well, the solution each day, my active reach was to try and increase my rest and to try and be very deliberate and conscious and to actually observe my, my rest periods. So I found in my first seven days that I was taking rest very erratically. So I wasn't really consistently like stopping at a certain time, separating, you know, saying, okay, now it's time to stop working. Now it's time to rest. Now it's time to actually go in the sauna and actually switch off and watch a movie. I wasn't doing that on a regular basis. So I managed to, within the first seven days, get a routine going that I was very getting more consistent with my rest times and making sure that there was enough of them and, and they were long enough because they were erratic and not long enough before. Then from day seven to 14, I started seeing the deeper impact of not restoring in my rest times. And then from day 14 to 21, I started seeing the problem. And I started seeing the problem that I was not actually restoring and that I had missed the root cause. So I want to start by defining restoring. So I'm going to just read to you what restoring is, and then I'm going to come back to what the root is, and I'm going to help you manage that, because really this has Honestly, from day twenty, from day twenty-one till now, which is day thirty-eight, I've been applying this. I am back, literally back on track with my energy levels. I am when I rest, I am restoring almost one hundred percent now, and I know by day sixty-three, I'm going to be able to rest and restore at at the level I need to in order to be able to function. So I'm going to share what I, my insight with you. So first of all, what is restore? Restoring is a transitive verb. It's an action word, and it means to give back, to return to put or bring back into existence and use, to renew. I tell you, here's some words, reclaim, return, restitution, reinstate, rebuilding. I wasn't doing any of them. I recognized that when I rested, my reclaim, my ability to reclaim, to restitute, to reinstate, to rebuild, to bring back into existence, to restore, to to put back into how I was, was probably at about a 50, initially at maybe 30%, then got to 50% and maybe 60%. Some days it was at 80, whatever, but it, it wasn't, I wasn't consistently 
getting that kind of feedback from my rest. My rest was not good quality. So one of the things that I started saying to myself was, okay, and this was between day 14 and 21, I started thinking, okay, I'm resting now. I'm sitting in my infrared sauna. I'm watching a movie and how am I feeling restored? And I would like literally rank it and say, okay, now I'm feeling the beginning of the session, I'm feeling like like I'm totally exhausted. And at the end of the session, I'm feeling at a seven or an eight or a five or a six. And in that way, I managed to see between day 14 and 21 that I never really fully restored 100%. By day 20, 19, that was day 19, I actually realized this was happening. So first of all, Let's talk about the opposite of restore. The result of a lack of restoration is to weaken. I did feel weakened. Undermine. My energy was undermined. My ability to function, my relationships, everything was definitely not at that 100%, 80 to 100. It was definitely around the 40 to 60% mark. And another word that the opposite of, of restore is to cripple. I did kind of feel crippled. I felt frustrated and crippled that where's this creativity and the energy? Where's this rebooting that I always used to be able to do? I felt things were undoing. I felt a little bit of depression. I felt like things were dull. I mean, these are all these words. Opposite of restore is weaken, undermine, cripple, undo, depress, split, dull. Those are some of the words. One of the upsides from this recent pandemic is I get to do many of my interviews and much of my work in my pajamas. But the downside of working from home, I feel like now more than ever, I am constantly looking at a screen and my eyes have been really straining, which has been causing so many headaches. If this sounds like a familiar struggle in your life, I've got the answer for you. Blue light blocking glasses from Blue Blocks. Blue light damages our eyes and leads to digital eye strain. Symptoms of digital eye strain are blurred vision, headaches, and dry, watery eyes. For some, this could even cause heightened anxiety, depression, and low energy. Well, Blue Blocks was created to fix this problem and block out the blue light with high-quality lenses. Unlike other types of blue light glasses, Blue Blocks are evidence-based and made under optics laboratory conditions in Australia. They have 40 hip frames and come in prescription, non-prescription and readers. So they have frames for every need. Blue Blocks is also giving back by working in partnership with Restoring Vision in their Buy One Gift One campaign. For each pair of Blue Blocks glasses purchased, they donate a pair of reading glasses to someone in need. I also really love Blue Blocks' Remedy Sleep Mask, which uses the most sophisticated design methodology to create a comfortable, 100% light-blocking eye mask for improved REM and deep sleep. Get started today with your Blue Blocks glasses, and I promise it will change your life. And just for my listeners, get 15% off your order with the code DrLeaf and BlueBlocks.com. That's the code DrLeaf at B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. So rest is defined as ceasing of activity to relax and refresh or to recover strength. Okay, so I was, now listen to this carefully. I was resting. I ceased activity, went in the infrared sauna, watched a movie or went to Orange Theory or went for a walk or whatever in order to refresh, refresh and recover strength. But I wasn't. I wasn't refreshing and recovering strength sufficiently. I was getting definitely getting a 30-40% as I keep saying, but I wasn't recovering. I wasn't restoring. So very quickly, restore is a transitive verb. It means to give back, return, put, uh, put or bring back into existence and use to renew. Reclaim, return, restitute, reinstate, rebuilding. So when you rest, which is the ceasing of activity to relax and refresh, to recover strength. Recover strength is the second part of that, and that moves into restoration. Are you relaxing and refreshing to move into restoration? So are you recovering your strength? I had to say, no, I wasn't, okay? So 
I recognized at day 19, 20, 21 exactly what was going on, but I had missed the restore element. I was resting, but I definitely wasn't recovering. And then I wanted to know why. So day 19 was when I recognized that I was actually not recovering. I was not restoring. I was resting. I was ceasing activity, but I wasn't recovering strength. I wasn't renewing. I wasn't sufficiently. It was at a very low level, 30, 40, 50%. Okay. So then by day 20 and 21, I found out why. And here's what you've been waiting for. My crazy mind was not resting. So crazy mind, healthy mind. So I I realized that I my mind was just not resting. So I was using my mind to tell myself to relax. I was watching the movie, doing the stuff, and I was but when I was in those states, my crazy mind was still dominating. So why do I say crazy mind? We all need to clean up our mental mess. If you're a human, you're battling with your mind because our mind never stops. It works 24-7. We have trillions of thoughts in our unconscious mind, and in any one day, 8,000 to 18,000 with probably 180,000, if not more, memories will come up. So one thought, and I'm going to hold up a model here, one thought is a tree, and a thought is made of memories, like a tree is made of branches. So if you bring up a thought, you're bringing up all of its memories. So one thought can bring up 100 memories, 10 thoughts is 1,000 memories, 20 thoughts is 2,000 memories, and more and more and more. So that's why our head's so busy. In addition to that, these thoughts are coming up and down because of our being stimulated by being alive. So you're awake, you're alive, you're having experiences, you're processing incoming information, and these thoughts are popping up to help you process incoming information. That we can do, we're brilliant, we can handle that, okay? We are in life, we're experiencing, stuff's coming in and we're processing. I teach about this all the time. In addition to that, we don't only have healthy thoughts popping up, but we have toxic thoughts popping up. So our minds are busy and that's okay. That is normal, that's part of who you are as a human. In addition, we self-talk. Between a half to three quarters of the day, we are self-talking, which means you are talking about these, in, it's like this inward chatter that's going on in our brain. We're talking about all these things that are popping up and the things that are coming in, and we're linking it back to our past and our future. And we also have got thoughts about ourselves and how we see ourselves that's also coming up. And you may have see yourself as this or that shame or guilt or condemnation or imposter syndrome or whatever. So there's a lot going on in your head, and that's what I call, can literally become a complete mental mess. Now, that's what's going on in your mind, okay? And it can be a complete mental mess. So when we talk about mental mess, I'm going to talk about the crazy mind. But also what research has shown, mine and others, is that in the midst of all this busy, we have a solid, stable wisdom. So in the brain, our brain is wired for love. So here's a model of a brain, and I'm going to make this as easy as I can for you. This is a model of the brain, and As you listening to me now, you are converting my words and the things I'm showing you at speeds of anything up to 400 billion and faster actions per second. You are converting my words and my images, which are sound waves and and electromagnetic waves, into little trees in your brain made of protein. So you're making forests in your brain. You've heard me teach this before, but it's the first time you're listening to me. I'm holding up a tree that, and think of a visual image of a tree, and basically you are converting these trees are made of protein. So you're growing forests in your brain. You also store memory in your mind because your mind and brain are separate but inseparable. So these forests in your brain, you also build the same forest into your mind and you also build it into the DNA of your body. So memory, the thoughts with their memories go in three places. Now here's the thing. You visualize a forest. 
visualize a forest that you're flying over and this thing just seems to never end. It's enormous. It seems to be infinite. And in the middle of this forest, you fly over the middle, there is this beautiful, thick, dense green area with these beautiful trees. And that is like, the, it's exquisite and these birds and, and water and it's just as beautiful. And on the outside oh, is, oh, is, is also a lot of forest, but there's little trees and big trees and dark green trees that look super healthy and light green trees that, don't look, that are still kind of weak. And in between, you've got clumps of dark trees, some really black, some small little dark trees or wiry trees, and some maybe there's like a whole lot, 10 or 20 or 30, or maybe there's just one. So it's a mixture and that represents your life. That represents all your experiences from the past and the present, it's your belief systems. Everything is built into these thoughts, your belief systems, your experiences, your values, etc. And that's including the traumas that we haven't dealt with and that we have dealt with or that we are dealing with or that we're trying to deal with and the toxic habits and the habits we're trying to build. All of it's in these forests in the, mind, in the, in the brain and forest in the mind. So here is key. This is key now to what we're talking about today. In doing the five steps of the neurocycle that I teach in my book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, you learn how to access that middle part of the forest, that beautiful green part. It's the optimism bias. It's the wise mind. And it is the, in science, in, in neuroscience, we see that the brain is wired for love. It's wired for our mind drawing on the wisdom. So it's, it's kind of like making the, it's, it's the being able to have the intelligence and insight and introspection to find the, to have the cognitive flexibility to make intelligent decisions and so on. Okay, so we need to access that. So using the neurocycle in all aspects, which I teach in this book, I, trauma and habits and all that, everything that I teach, and I, and, and I do lots of podcasts on neurocycles, everything that I teach about that is teaching you how to, the five steps teach you how to access the wide, full of nature of the brain, which then makes the brain healthier and work better, which means you're going to have more cognitive flexibility. Also teaches you how to access that middle of that forest in your non-conscious mind, which is where your wisdom and intelligence reside. So it's kind of like we have two major minds. The one is this wise mind that knows what to do. And the other one is the crazy mind that tends to make these mental messes. So when it comes, let's bring this whole analogy back now and land it back in today's podcast, which is what is rest to restore versus just resting. Resting on its own without restoration isn't very sustainable, as I've been describing. But rest with restoration is sustainable and it changes how you function. So we want to get to that point. So I discovered on day 19, I'm resting, but not resting to restore. And it's just not enough. I'm only 50, 60% is not enough to restore. I need to get up to 80 to 100. And so I wanted to find out what it was. So by day 19, 20 and 21, by day 21, I realized it was because my crazy mind was dominating my rest periods. Ha, that's the key. Okay. So my crazy mind, the forest outside the middle forest was dominating. So my self-talk was not working properly. I couldn't rest properly because these thoughts were just like, like this is a higgledy-piggledy. I'm trying to think of an analogy. You know, there's some movies where you see people, Bruce Almighty, this is a good analogy. Bruce Almighty, think of when he was typing on the hilarious film. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. But he's trying to answer, he's God for a period of time and he's trying to answer everyone's issues and they're sending all these emails and he's trying to type all these answers back. And there's just one after another coming in and eventually he just like, ah, wants to throw his computer on the floor. And that's how we feel when we are not controlling our mind. And as you know, all about controlling our mind. We also have to control our mind when you rest. So if we go into a rest period, we also have to know how to 
control that crazy mind. So the good news is that you can do this. You can train yourself to access that wise mind when and to, to control the crazy mind because the wise mind is the stronger one and the wise mind is is solid and it will help us to fix up and change the constant changes that need to be made in the outside forest. So the forest surrounding the, the wise mind, where the crazy mind is, has got some really good stuff, but it's also got some crazy stuff and sometimes the crazy dominates. You can draw on your wise mind to to control that. And that's essentially what I realized I needed to do. I realized when I was sitting in my infrared sauna and binge watching something like Bridgerton or sitting with my, my kids and watching binge watching Queen's Gambit or whatever. These are the things you we were watching over, over December, a couple of other ones. I was still allowing my crazy mind to dominate. And I needed, I wasn't allowing my my wise mind, for want of a better word, to actually dominate the process. So so in other words, I would sit there and I'm watching, but I kept on being aware of this popping up and then allowing this worry to dominate that moment. So I'm watching, but this is at, you know, we say back of our mind. Well, kind of it is in our conscious mind. And I wasn't controlling it. And I, and I teach this stuff, but I didn't know I was doing that. Honestly, it took me, it's taken me, I mean, we talk about this stuff as though it's easy to understand, but think, are you really controlling it? I was going to Orange Theory and spending the whole, literally the whole time on the treadmill, if I, I, use, I was using that time on the treadmill to transfer my energy and to deal with stuff, but I was also finding that I was allowing myself to worry about something, worry about maybe one of my kids or worry about a relationship or worry about something in the business. Or, so instead of enjoying the activity for what it was and allowing the endorphins and the encephalins and all the DNA benefit from the exercise and just throwing my brain and body and mind 100% into the exercise. I was doing the exercise, but I was allowing my mind to worry, which then actually was drawing energy away from the exercise. So I came out of the exercise feeling way better because you will feel better because you've transferred energy, but I hadn't controlled this. I hadn't used the conscious veto power of my conscious mind to control it. So I'm going into hot yoga where it's easier to switch off in hot yoga, but I still was allowing myself to come back to it. So that's what I realized. I was doing things, but my my crazy mind was interfering with the benefits that I should have been getting from my rest period. So let's stop for a moment and just in my book, I talk about what this does to your body. If you don't allow yourself to restore. So here I was doing the own series binge watching in my infrared zone. I mean, these are, these are good things to do, going for great walks with my family, having great talks, doing dinners together. And all of those were rest, but as I keep saying, I didn't get the restoration. Once I recognized my crazy mind was actually not under control in those periods, which I just assumed they were, I made the assumption. And it took me the first three weeks of neurocycling to see, no, you can't assume that. You still have to be very deliberate about what you do with your crazy mind when you're resting. So once I was aware of that, I could then create some active reaches, which I now have been practicing since day 21 to teach, to train myself. I'm training my mind to control my crazy mind so that when I go to do my rest things, I do them with my wise mind dominating, not my crazy mind. The crazy mind must keep quiet. I'll work on you later, but I'm going to totally immerse in my wise mind, my survival, my optimism bias, my wired for love mind, and I'm going wired for love brain. I'm holding up the brain. If those of you listening with audio of neuroscientific, our brain is wired for, for love and survival, not for toxicity. And I'm going to move into that mode. And so I worked out some active reaches, which is the fifth step that I have been doing every day. And you can see I'm excited because it's working. I am finally 
learning how to restore in my rest. So I'm fulfilling the definition. I am starting to see rest is not just the ceasing of activity to relax and refresh, but I'm also recovering strength. I'm renewing, okay? I'm reclaiming. I'm returning. I'm restituting. I'm reinstating the energy that I need in order to be able to keep going forward. We do not draw sufficiently on our wise mind on that internal forest where our intelligence resides, our dynamic, growing, cognitively flexible, insightful brilliance is. You are brilliant and you need your brilliance activated even when you're resting. And in fact, it's a huge priority when you are resting. Before we continue with today's podcast, I want to share a little mental health hack that will change your life. Magnesium. Did you know that magnesium is the fourth most abundant element in our anatomy? It's essential to over 300 essential functions in the human body, like regulating mood, brain function, fatigue, nerve and muscle health, as well as our physical response to stress. 75% of US adults are deficient in magnesium and don't get what they need in a day. As you know, I've been working with Ned, one of my favorite wellness brands, because their products really do work and are clean. No weird chemicals or additives are in any of their products. I've used so many of their products in the past, but I'm in love with their new Magnesium Super Blend Mellow. Mellow is a powerful daily magnesium supplement to propel memory, mood, brain function, stress response, sleep, energy, and nerve and muscle health. Mellow nourishes every inch of your body with a propriety super blend of three forms of chelated magnesium, L-theanine, GABA, and over 70 trace minerals, specially formulated for the whole body and brain absorption. I love mixing it into my nightly cup of tea to really help me relax and prepare my brain and body for a good night's sleep. And now for the first time ever, Ned is giving away complimentary Mellow samples exclusively to my listeners. They're so confident in their product, they're giving it away. All you have to do is pay shipping. The first 200 listeners who go to www.helloned.com forward slash leaf sample and use the code leaf sample will get to try the mellow sample at no cost. And if you're listening to this episode way after it is aired, don't worry, you can still get 15% off your first one-time purchase or 20% off your first subscription purchase using my normal code Dr. Leaf. Mello has done amazing things for me and now you can try it too. Start 2021 with Ned at your doorstep. The link and offer details will also be in the show notes. So here are four active reaches and I've had done more and I will do maybe bring teach you some more at a later stage. But these four are easy to do. I'm going to teach them to you now. But at the same time, I do want to encourage you, get the book, pre-order the book, learn how to neurocycle because neurocycling got to this point and these active reaches are step five of the neurocycle that I've worked out that I am now practicing from day 22 to, to 63. So just a quick recap, the neurocycle is five scientific steps that I've developed over 38 years, hardcore science, clinical trials in here, the science behind what each step is doing in your brain and body is in this book. And as you do these five steps, major changes happen in your brain. And so you, you need to do those five steps. And what I'm taking, what I'm going to explain to you in a moment are four of the active reaches that I've been doing from day 22 to 63. So for the first 21 days, I did the full five steps. 
got to the point that I found these active reaches, found the core problem, which was that I was, my crazy mind was dominating in the midst of my rest. I wasn't really switching switching my crazy mind off and switching onto my wise mind. I was allowing my crazy mind to dominate. And these are the active reaches that I'm doing to get my crazy mind under control so I can really benefit from the rest. Just a quick one. If just a couple of the things that were going wrong in my brain and that will go wrong in anyone's brain if they and body if they're not restore doing having restorative rest is that you're going to have an imbalance between the two two sides of the brain and that's not healthy at all it drops the energy in the front of the brain decreases what we call alpha energy and alpha is a very important energy in the energy frequency in the brain that helps you to get insight and introspect into your past in order to be able to move forward into your future. So it teaches you to introspect, get insight, find the issues. It also helps to increase blood flow and oxygen to the brain, increases cognitive flexibility, reduces impulsivity, so you make better decisions, your decision-making improves. You can look at your past with perspective. We're always drawing on our past. We always time travel. You never just stay in the moment. You are always in the moment. You are that in the moment is going to revert very quickly to what's in the past. In other words, what you've already experienced. That's all the thoughts popping up and and kind of projecting into the future. So we're always time traveling. So, but when we are not restoring sufficiently, that energy will drop so that you don't do that really well. And then you can lose perspective and then toxic memories can dominate. So those toxic memories would be those dark trees in the forest and they can dominate and overtake. And that can then, you can end up focusing on these toxic trees. You put all the highlight on them and that will make you even more crazy and you'll rest even less. And that's why people get so burnt out. So this is really going to help you if you're battling with burnout. You will get burnout if you don't restore in your rest. Okay, so you can have millions of little rest activities, building all the mental self-care. But if you're not neurocycling and building in the neurocycle to make sure that you're a stool, you're going to battle. Okay, you also what you will, will what will be happening in your body. Just a couple more things is that when you don't restore in your rest, you are going to increase inflammation in the brain and the body, which sets you at risk for cardiovascular and neuro- neurological issues. You're going to have cortisol level at very high levels. Cortisol will increase, and you, which will then, then lead to a decrease in DHEA, and that's not a good pattern. It's not healthy for your brain health or your body health or your heart health. You're going to have things happening like your DNA will be affected. Every second you're making millions of new cells, and if you're in an unrestored state, the quality of that cell turnover is not going to be healthy. And I can go on and on and on. You can find out lots more in this first part of the book. It's so important to have science backing up these mental tools that I'm delivering to you, these mind tools that I'm delivering to you. Okay, so having said that, as I said, on day 19 and 20, I discovered I wasn't restoring. By day 21, I had seen why, because my crazy mind was always dominating. So by day 30, I'm at day 38. I'm just recapping quickly. And here are the four active reaches that I'm doing every single day from day, as I said, from day 22, and I'll do them through to 63. As I think of more, I add on, as I improve the quality, I add on an active reach. And this doesn't take me long at all. It just is something I've now built in to how I do my rest. So these four active reaches are built into my rest periods that I have chosen. And as I've already described to you, my rest periods are going to orange theory and going to hot yoga and and having my infrared saunas where I watch some great TV or maybe even do research. I love doing research. That's brain building, going for walks with my family, preparing dinners together and eating together, having great chats with some of my amazing friends. Each of those are getting so much more quality driven. So it's not the quantity, guys. It is the quality. I'm finding if I have, let's say I had three walks with my family and 
those three walks, my crazy mind was dominating. That the rest didn't happen. But if I've had only managed to do one walk, but I went now I'm going into that walk with my crazy mind under control. So it's a rest and it's a restoration. I'm coming back feeling better than if I'd gone for three walks. Not that I'm saying walking isn't good. You must walk a lot. It's very good for you. I'm just giving you an example. So I'm going into my another thing I love to do to restore is to have a lovely hot bubble bath. And but if I'm getting in that bubble bath with my crazy mind, I'm not restoring. Now I'm getting in that bubble bath with my mind under control. Okay, so this is these four steps are how I'm doing that. I mean these four active reaches, which is the fifth step of the neurocycle. The first step is gather, second is reflect, third is write, fourth is recheck, active reach. I've done that. I've done those five steps every day over 21 days. And these are now the active reaches that you find on day 21. I found these active reaches and I've been doing them every day for all the things, the bubble baths, the walks, the dinners, the orange theory, everything. Okay, so the first thing is thinker moments. And I, I write a lot and talk a lot about thinker moments. And I do have thinker moments. In fact, but I just improved the quality of them. So let me explain quickly. We spend half to three quarters of our day in self-talk. When we switch off to the external and switch onto the internal and actually dive into that self-talk, what we're doing is we're rebooting our brain. But we've got to look at how we're doing the self-talk and we've got to use that self-talk to our advantage. So thinker moments are switching off to the external, switching onto the internal in a deliberate and controlled way. So you are self-talking anyway for large parts of the day, but a thinker moment is controlling that process in a much more directed way. So you're actually thinking... You actually allow the free flow of information and you're also kind of evaluating and looking at the information as you do the mind wandering and the free flow. So what do you do? How do you do this? Okay, you close your eyes and you, you can do that now if you want to or you can listen to me. But you basically, I like to do it with my eyes closed. You can sit outside in the sun, wherever, and I allow my mind to release a free flow of thoughts. So I just switch off to the external, switch onto the internal, and I just allow the free flow of thoughts to move through my mind. And I become very aware of them. So I've imagined that I'm almost like that a helicopter flying over that forest, and I'm looking at the thoughts that are coming up. This thought comes up, that to So it's like I shine a spotlight on that tree and I think about it and then on that tree and then on that tree and some are good ones and some are toxic ones and some are, and then I move back into the middle and and there's a little bit of wisdom that I, and then I move out again and, and so on. So I'm just allowing the free flow of thoughts for around about five minutes and then I have a pen and paper handy. And as I come out of that thinker moment, where I just allowed the free flow of daydreaming, that's daydreaming, mind wandering, that's what I've allowed myself to do, but I'm watching myself do it. So I'm in the helicopter. So it's like, two of me, and then I write down in my little neurocycle journal, in my phone, whatever, wherever I am. But normally I write it down and I write down what my thoughts were. What I'm looking for is what are the thoughts I keep coming back to? What are the thoughts that keep coming up? Also, what were my free flow thoughts? So which are creative. So where's my creativity going? What ideas am I thinking of? What is my creativity in terms of relationships, work, etc., etc.? So I look at the thoughts that keep coming back and I write those down. And then I look at my thoughts that are free flowing. And then I've track, been tracking that over the days and finding the, the thoughts that keep coming back, which ones are toxic and keeping me stuck, which ones are actually good and are actually moving me forward. So there's, there's an analysis going on. So I do this little thinker moment and I write it down and then I do a bit of an analysis. So I actually write that down. I go through a five step once I've written it down. So I gather awareness of it and I do the whole five steps on it. So I learn something from it. That honestly takes me the five minutes to do the thinker moment and the five minutes to do the little analysis using the neurocycle honestly takes me and it, it takes me 10 minutes. And I try and do that at least once a day, but I try and do that 
as I start my relaxed time. So one of my main times to that I do that is when I when I at the end of the day when I'm trying to wind down. And normally, as I keep saying, I, that's when I get into my infrared sauna. So you find your time. Where is it that you have your? You could find a ten minute block of time where you could do this free flow thinking and write it down. This mind wandering, the switching off, this think this thinker moment. Then basically that is giving me insight into thoughts that are stealing my peace and thoughts that are on a creative role and are going towards an end product. And that exercise alone is bringing peace and freedom and balance and health back into my brain, blood flow, oxygen, etc., etc. Great stuff. And when I've done that, I'm feeling very restored because I've got control. My crazy mind's not controlling. I'm actually using my mind to control my mind. And that is, so that is helping me get, get my mind set up. And then when I have my little binge watch in the infrared sauna or even sometimes my kids get in the sauna with me and we have a great chat. I'm finding that I'm restoring it. I'm feeling so restored because I prepared my rest period. So the thinker moment is, think of the thinker moment as preparing. And I talk about that in this book as well, preparing for that rest moment. Then the second thing is I check how much milkshake multitasking I'm doing. So what do I mean by that? Okay, so multitasking is bad for us. Multitasking reduces your intelligence, causes tremendous damage in the brain. And and if you think you can multitask, the research actually shows that your intelligence is, those that think that they are intelligence testing, it actually drops. Now you can always get your intelligence back. Intelligence is always fluctuating. So don't panic because as soon as you get multitasking under control, you can get your intelligence back. I will do another whole podcast on that soon. But basically I check, I consciously check my conscious milkshake multitasking. So On a conscious level, guys, you cannot multitask, as I've just said. It'll drop your intelligence. On a non-conscious level, which is the biggest part of you, you will be beyond multitasking. So people often say, oh, but what about the fact that I'm actually driving and I'm talking? There's more than one thing going on. That is because your non-conscious mind can multitask and your non-conscious mind is actually doesn't even multitask. It does something way more than multitasking. It's doing millions of things at once and controlling your body and everything. So your non-conscious mind's really good at it. But consciously, we're not good at multitasking. Consciously, we need to work on one thing at a time, even if it's very quick. It doesn't mean you're slow. It just means that you focus on one thing at a time and you move between things and you get completion between things. So what we want to do is that when we are trying to think of like putting pulling up a whole lot of tabs on your on your computer and you're trying to, you've got all these tabs popping up, but you're not really reading any of them or you're jumping between them. So you don't really process anything. That's not what we want to do. What we want to do is we want to use our veto power, which is our conscious ability to override a conscious thought. So when you find yourself slipping into trying to do things observe how effective you are being. So if you're trying to be on the phone and type on your computer, stop and ask yourself, "What's I can't do that. I'm not going to be able to talk on the phone and try and type. I try to do this. I mean, I, I teach this and I tried to do it the other day because I thought I could even fit more stuff in and I just didn't. So I was trying to type up something on my computer. It was quite a complex thing that I was working on for a publication and I was trying to have a conversation with my mom. Okay, first of all, that was not fair on my mom and secondly, it was not fair on my work. I was not doing either properly and that's what I mean. So I consciously said, okay, I'm now going to just talk to my mom, focus 100% on her and then when I finished, I'd go back to do my work. And I said, that's what I mean. Check that because if you get into that habit of doing that, you will drain your energy and you will battle to rest because you'll always be trying to do something. I was doing it in my 
rest period. So I'd get in the sauna and then I'd watch a bit of a movie, but at the same time I'd take my old phone and I would start doing emails. Now I'm watching a movie and I'm doing my emails. Where's the rest? Okay. That's me trying to multitask. So in these from day 22 to now, I have been very observant about where am I slipping back into bad habits of thinking I can multitask when I teach you can't multitask, but I was doing it again from time to time. So I've been become aware of them and I've used my veto power to stop doing them and to make sure that I'm doing one thing at a time. When we think of health, we tend to think of exercising regularly, eating right and getting eight hours of sleep. But you know, mental health is just as important as physical health. And I know it can be hard to talk about some of this stuff. That's why Plush Care makes it easy to connect with a doctor wherever you are, whenever you're ready. Plush Care's primary care physicians are here for you seven days a week to help you start feeling better as soon as possible. In addition to handing ongoing and urgent care, they also treat a wide range of common mental health issues like anxiety, depression, stress, or even trouble sleeping. So if you're feeling down, worried, or not like yourself, you can book a same-day appointment and see a plush care doctor right from the comfort of your home using your phone or computer. They'll discuss treatment options with you and have your prescription sent to a local pharmacy as needed. Plush care accepts most major insurance carriers and is available in all 50 states. Plush Care makes it easier than ever to take care of yourself, inside and out. Start your membership today. Go to plushcare.com slash drleaf and start your free 30-day trial. That's P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com slash drleaf for a free 30-day trial. plushcare.com slash drleaf. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. Third thing is people in your life that that can pull on your rest periods. So you and I was doing this to myself. I, as a mom of four and running a business and husband and friends, I was packing in, okay, so I've got to get this work done. So in my rest period, I will phone this one, text that one. So on the, all the way to Orange Theory, I'm busy now texting and whatever, not preparing my mind to do exercise. In yoga, I'm thinking of this, this, and this instead of just restoring my body. I am in the sauna and I'm supposed to be resting, but I'm now busy solving someone's problem or helping someone with something. And so I'm draining. And, and I was allowing those times, I, I started allowing people that I know drain me and that I know I need to have in small more chunks of time, I was allowing them to come into my rest space and take from me. So I started becoming very aware that it doesn't mean I'm not going to help those people, that I'm not going to be around them, but some people are more draining and you need to help them, but you also have to have the famous boundaries. So I decided, okay, when I'm in the sauna, I'm not going to deal with anyone's problems. Unless there's an emergency, then I'm going to go out the sauna and deal with the emergency. But I'm not going to let the emergency or the draining, the, the person who needs help, do that in the sauna. The sauna is going to be, and I'm using that because, and, and the bu my bubble bath. There are those two times, for example, where people could easily get access to me. I'm not going to allow that time to be taken up with getting on the phone and dealing with some hard issue, dealing with some complex issue or helping a person with something. I'll still help them, but I'm going to help them in other time periods, not in my rest periods. So I built that into my daily routine. So part of my daily routine is I'm going to help this one. It fits it into my daily routine, not my rest times. I didn't even know I was doing that. I mean, I was doing it, but I didn't click what it was doing to my restoration. Okay, so also be careful of how much time you spend around negative people. Try and limit that. We all know that. You've heard that before. It's a reality. Negative people generate toxic energy. And if you absorb that into you, you're draining yourself. You are not going to be very able to be compassionate or empathic or help people and eventually resent. So it's very important that you control the amount of time you spend around negative people people and how you protect yourself around negative people. And I've done 
in this book, there's actually some advice and guidance on that. And I will be doing more podcasts on that. Okay. So third thing was make sure that you're not using your rest periods to drain, to do deal with hard stuff that will drain you and be careful how much time you spend around negative people. Okay. So what one thing that I have done is if I've caught myself in a, in, in the sauna and I get on a call and it turns very toxic, I will then immediately phone a couple of my friends afterwards that I know are not draining that every time I talk to them, I just feel like amazing. Well, a chat to my husband or something like that. Anything that will just then reboost my energy. So I balance the one toxic maybe discussion or phone call with at least two to three positive ones. So in that hour, maybe in the hour I'm sitting in the infrared sauna or 30 minutes I'm in the bath, maybe I've had a 15-minute conversation that was very draining in my rest period and it just happened. I will say, okay, consciously and deliberately, I'm now going to have two more conversations or one longer conversation that's double the amount of that time. So if I spend 15 minutes, I'm going to spend 30 minutes talk. And it's not rigid, rigid, but that's kind of that try to keep that one to two to three ratio so that I balance it and put that positive energy back in my brain. Fourth thing that I've been doing is I prepare myself for every rest activity and I regulate it. So I do another little thing that's very, very quick. Every rest period, I start with a 10 second pause, which is breathing, which you've heard me maybe teach before, maybe you haven't, and it's in this book. I breathe in for three counts. I breathe out for seven counts. And as I'm breathing in, I say think, feel. As I'm breathing out, I say choose. So it's in, two, three, out, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And as I'm doing that in and out, I'm saying think, feel on the inhalation of three, choose on the exhalation of seven. I do that six to nine times, which stabilizes the neurochemical chaos in my brain from crazy from crazy mind, helps me to get rebalanced the two sides of the brain, increase alpha, and that sets me in the right state for me to say, okay, now I can do a quick neurocycle, which takes me a few seconds. As I quickly say, how am I feeling? What is my, as I go into my rest period, as I, just as I get to orange theory, just before I go into yoga, how am I, what are my warning signals, physical and emotional? Okay, why am I feeling like this? I don't, maybe I don't have time to write. So I've just visualized, visualize what, do, what does this all look like and what do I want it to look like? What's stealing my mental peace? What do I want? How do I want to, what do I want to get out of this next? rest period. So I, I visualize that. So that's my writing. I recheck that and say, okay, how can I do that? And then I do a little active reach. So I go into orange theory, into hot yoga, into the infrared sauna, into my bubble bath, into that lovely walk with my family with having done the pause, the, the 10 second pauses. So I know my brain is calm, but I also have done a neurocycle to gather my thoughts together, get it organized. And then I do not allow myself to think of anything that was worrying me in the, the, the orange theory or whatever. So for example, today I had something that was really worrying me and it had it, it was, was a concern that I had. It wasn't a huge thing, but it was enough to disturb my orange theory. So I did my breathing in the car quickly, did my five-step neurocycle, gathered awareness, and then my active reach was, okay, now that goes on hold. I'll deal with that when I get back to the, the studio, and which is my office. And now I'm going to go in and I'm just going to focus on the exercise. I'm not going to allow myself to think about this all the way through orange theory. And so then I got the full benefit out of it. Okay, so those are four tips. I know I've said a lot in summary. The You've got to get to the root of the cause. Restoration is when you renew, when you rebuild, when you get that come out of a rest period feeling 100%, 100% full of energy again or 80 to 90% full of energy again. Rest without restoration means you're going to have that that ceasing of, of activity, work or whatever, and a bit of a binge watch or whatever it is that you do, but you're not going to come out feeling restored. Re- restored. You're not going to come out feeling renewed and rebuilt. So this 
podcast has been about how to recognize that, which I, I told you I did using the NeuroCycle over 21 days. I'm on day 38. And the active reaches, which is the fifth step I'm doing now every day, and they don't take me long. It's built into my into my time. And the four of these four that I'm doing are the, the first one is the first active reach that I do every day is the thinker moments. The second one is being aware of how I'm consciously milkshake multitasking, making a milkshake of my brain and stopping that. The third one, being very aware of how people are pulling on my rest periods, how I'm pulling on my energy in my rest periods and balancing when I'm making sure that my rest periods aren't when I'm going to deal with people that are pulling on my energy negatively, being careful about being around negative people. And then the fourth one is preparing myself for the 10 second pause and a quick neurocycle, dealing with it before and then not allowing myself to take that into the session of rest. Okay, so what is worrying me doesn't come into my session. I do the breathing and I do my little neurocycle to stop it going into the into the session. I would have also done a thinker moment. And during the course of the day, I would have done my con- my milkshake multitasking control and also being very aware of people pulling on my negative energy. I tell you, these four things have transformed my rest. I am now resting and restoring, and I feel so much better. And that's why I wanted to share this with you, and I want to encourage you to apply this. You will not regret it. And to help you even more, Besides the book, which I keep telling you about, which really will help you. Guys, this stuff is real scientific from my clinical practice, from all my years of research. I use it myself. My children use it. Just today, I got a text from one of my one of my kids saying, hey, I just created a neurocycle for this thing that's going on in my life. So this is a part of our life. But to help you with this, to help you understand neurocycling and to apply it in all aspects, because it's not just for rest and restoration. It is for relationships. It is for dealing with trauma. It is for dealing with breaking down toxic habits, for building new habits. Your mind is always active. We've got to learn how to manage our mind. The neurocycle helps you to manage your mind all the time. It helped me in this instance, the neurocycle helped me to find why I was resting but not restoring. Now I know why and how to fix it. So to help you even more, I'm offering a free neurocycle workshop and you can go to the link in the show notes and you can go register for that. It's on the 27th of February, 19 minutes. People, it's going to be interactive. It's about neurocycling. We're going to handle actual questions from the audience and going to be teaching you how to do that. And if you pre-order the book, you get three more workshops. Okay, so go register. Um, the, the link, as I said, will be in the show notes. Register for the free workshop. It's amazing. It's going to be amazing on the 27th of February where I teach you how to neurocycle. And I'm going to help you get into this uh, habit of neurocycling. And we're going to take questions from the audience as well. So there's three things you can go away with today. The four active reaches that I've given you to help you to start getting back into getting restorative rest. The pre-order the book, which is going to change your life and learn how to neurocycle and apply these things. And the free neurocycle workshop where I start really teaching you, where I teach you how to do this, which is going to help you so much. And there's one more thing. There's an app as well called Switch that I developed, which is being updated soon, going to be called the NeuroCycle, which you can download right now as well, which will help walk you through these 21 days that I've been describing. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you benefited from that. I know I said such a lot and this was a long podcast, but this is so important because I really want to help you restore and not just rest. So thank you for joining me today. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.